Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, Yuletide tots with their Eskimos. Sleep tonight. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. It's been it's been a week since the last Profit Podcast. I'm gonna be honest. People on TikTok commenting, where where did the podcast go? I went back to work. Finals were done, and I went back to working five days a week. Didn't get the podcast done, but I've been able to manage my time better this week, as evident by this podcast coming out. And also, Merry Christmas, guys. Christmas is coming up. We're on December 15th. Christmas is 10 days away. Happy holidays to everyone celebrating. Uh, Well, you know what I'm celebrating right now? Not Christmas yet. Not quite yet. But I'm celebrating in my two leagues that I made the playoffs, my my followers league and the TikTok mania league, the only leagues uh, that, that you guys care about. I have passed through the first round of the playoffs. In the TikTok mania league, I beat Nick Nose. 121 to 101. Now, this team is not a good team. Travis Fulgham, zero points. Kiki Cootie, eight. Mike Evans, eight. It's it's a rough team. I mean, DJ Moore was my wide receiver who I had to bench, didn't play with COVID, but uh, was not looking good. But Jonathan Taylor went off for 30 points, and Dave Montgomery went off for 24.5 points. Massive games from those two running backs. And, uh, you know, if you had told me four or five weeks ago that Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery were going to be leading people into fantasy football championship glory, I would have said you're darn right. We saw this coming from a mile away. Jonathan Taylor, not quite as much. We all knew the matchups were glorious. I had been preaching by low on Jonathan Taylor, you know, stay patient with Jonathan Taylor. And it did look for a while like, you know, that wasn't going to pan out after that bye week, after three straight single-digit weeks. Then he came back from COVID and has now 22 points and 30 points. I expect similar production from Taylor in Week 15, the semifinals, as he goes against Houston. What did they just allow? A massive game from David Montgomery. And what can we expect from David Montgomery now? I think similar output as to last week as he faces Minnesota and then Jacksonville. These guys have such amazing matchups. The uh, the David Montgomery thing is crazy that he did what he did and he didn't have that many opportunities. Ripped off that 80-yard touchdown run. They, they, They just didn't have to use him much after that. But a massive game from those two guys. The, the the being patient with those two running backs is really paying off at this point. And another player that I want to take a victory lap on, I think I think I can officially take a victory lap on Kenyon Drake. Because everyone has been saying Kenyon Drake is the massive bust. No, he's not the bust of the year. He's, you know, a top 16 running back. He's doing fine. You know, fast one, two, three, four weeks have been good. 16 points, 24 points, 13 points, 14 points. 
And it's going back to what I said. Well, September, it, was, it was a long time ago. If we reestablish what Kenyon Drake is in our heads and say he is no longer this, this bona fide RB1 that we had hoped for, but he is a solid RB2 with upside, then Kenyon Drake is going to be good. And that has come to fruition. So the, the Jonathan Taylor victory lap, looking that way, David Montgomery, I can take the buy low on David Montgomery victory lap. I can take the Kenyon Drake RB2 victory lap. Another guy that, you know, I'm not taking the victory lap yet, but Jalen Hurts. I made a couple posts on Instagram and some more on TikTok about guys you need to trade for or pick up, actually, Jalen Hurts, because I think something's going to go wrong with, with Wentz and he's going to get in the game. The next week after that, he did, in fact, become the starting quarterback. Uh, came in halfway through the game and played against Green Bay. And then he started against New Orleans this past week. And I want to talk about this because what can we expect from Jalen Hurts? And it's interesting because a lot of people are streaming quarterbacks. I want to I want to talk about streaming quarterbacks real fast because I posted a, a, a picture of one of my leagues with Phillip Rivers as my quarterback. And someone was like, oh, if you're starting Phillip Rivers and you're a loser, why should we take your fantasy advice? Streaming quarterbacks is a very, very effective strategy. Basically to say, I'm not spending an early draft pick or even a draft pick at all possibly on a quarterback because every single week, there are guys on the waivers that will finish his top 12 guys. That's just, it's just how it works. And throughout the past, you know, 10 fantasy football seasons. That that is that happens. You know, there are a few guys who are real difference makers at the quarterback position, but apart from a few guys, you know, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, apart from the running quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, <clears throat> you can you can find value on the waiver wire every single week. And now I want to bring up Jalen Hurts in the in the uh in the goodness, what is the word? In the context of my followers league team, which is now in the semifinals. Because I've got Philip Rivers, Tua Tungavaloa, and Jalen Hurts, all three of which are streaming caliber quarterbacks. And Tua, I think at this point, is worth a start after New England. Uh, but you can start him. I think he's okay. Uh, but steering away a little more this week. And then Philip Rivers has been a very effective streaming quarterback since, you know, week 10. You know, four, five, six, he's been good. And I think we can expect another good output against Houston. But the guy I want to mention now is Jalen Hurts because he's coming in as a streaming candidate this week as he faces the Arizona Cardinals, a bad defense against the quarterback, and he just put up a, a, a respectable game against New Orleans, 18 fantasy points. And you're, you're probably saying right now, no way, Calvin. No way are we starting this unproven rookie quarterback on a bad team in the semifinals of my fantasy football league. And I understand that. As someone with Hurts, that scares me. That is horrifying. And you're probably thinking he's the most unsafe option out there. But I want to offer a different outlook on Jalen Hurts that you might not be hearing other places. I'm not telling you you have to start him. I just want to bring this other narrative, the positive Hurts narrative to this. Jalen Hurts against New Orleans, a very good defense, had 18 points. He had one touchdown and 167 passing yards and one lost fumble. 
and he had 18 fantasy points. Let's rip out our, our calculator, 167 yards, divide by 25, that's six points. Add four, he's up to 10 points, take away two. With his, with his passing numbers, he had an eight-point game. Eight points. That's not good. He finished with 18. He ran for 106 yards on 18 carries. That is as safe as it gets. A quarterback with 18 carries, who's a good runner too, that is as safe as it gets, especially because that opens up the possibility of rushing touchdowns, which are worth six points. So you can make a case that Jalen Hurts is the most unsafe start this week at the quarterback position, but you can also make a case that he's one of the safest starts because of the floor he showed us. I'm happy he didn't put up, you know, 400 passing yards because that would make me nervous. Yeah, there's no way he repeats that. But no, if Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball 20 times, I think he can put up 100 yards and possibly a touchdown. And at that point, it doesn't matter what he does through the air. He had a solid fantasy game. So it's very interesting, Jalen Hurts. It's going to have to be a call that you you make as a fantasy owner. You You weigh the risks. You weigh your other options. But for me... I think I'm going to start Jalen Hurts in my semifinals, possibly over Phillip Rivers against Houston. And you're saying, yeah, but Phillip Rivers is safer. I, I don't think so because there's a chance Jonathan Taylor breaks off a lot of big runs. They get up early and Phillip Rivers doesn't throw again. That's a chance. Whereas Jalen Hurts, he's a massive part of the ground game and he is obviously the passing game. So I think Jalen Hurts is a lot safer than some other people may assume. He's unproven. That's the word we're looking for, unproven. But in terms of safety, that rushing floor is is absurd. I don't want to call it too early because it's way too early to say this, but it's giving me Lamar Jackson vibes. Not from last year, but the, the year before that, where he came in at the very end of the season and like didn't throw the ball. I guess it was 2018. He came in at the end, and he he was awful passing. And then he rushed a bunch and had a safe fantasy floor. And then the next year, he had the massive you know season. Obviously, he, he played more that year, and he was on a better team. But it's giving me some of those vibes. And I think he's going to be someone to really target next year in drafts, depending on what's going on with that team. But uh, I'm going to talk through the other streaming options. These are quarterbacks that are most likely available in 12-man leagues. And I will tell you, them or Jalen Hurts. Cam Newton against Miami or Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts more. Gardner Minshew against Baltimore or Jalen Hurts. I like Hurts. Kirk Cousins? Uh, I like Hurts. Baker Mayfield? You can make the case there. But uh, that, that's probably going to be a very run-heavy game with Chubb and Hunt. So I, I might go Hurts over Baker. Daniel Jones. Do we start him? He will probably play. Well, he's been out. Do we play him in a good matchup or Jalen Hurts? I would probably go Jalen Hurts. We're getting to a situation where uh, of streaming quarterbacks, if you are streaming quarterback, Jalen Hurts is one of the better options. Maybe the best option right now. It's very interesting because a lot of people didn't think we'd get to this situation. And it's a little unfortunate that this situation is here because it's a tough situation. But those are my thoughts on it. And I'm personally making the decision to start him in a league. 
Now, the other guy I want to talk about now, uh, Miami Dolphins running back, quarterback, wide receiver, Lynn Bowden Jr. He had a great game. Great game. Seven receptions on nine targets for 82 yards, 15 fantasy points. I picked him up in the league because uh, I had, I think it was DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore, I think, uh, was on COVID. No, not DJ Moore. Some other guy. Was it DJ Moore? I had some guy with COVID. Um, yeah, DJ Moore. I was right. DJ Moore was with COVID, and at the last minute, I had to sub in someone. No one was available on the waivers. I picked up Limboden. Fifteen points. Very pleased with that. And Limboden is someone a lot of you you may not have heard of. He went to Kentucky. I go to Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky. I watched Limboden for several years. He's extremely talented. He's a playmaker. If the ball's in his hand, good things will happen. The problem is it's been hard for him to get opportunities in the pro level. In in college, he was a wide receiver. We had horrible quarterbacks. Then he became a quarterback last year. And as a quarterback, he basically was a running back. So just every play, he'd drop back and run. Uh, and it worked very well. We went to... Um, we had some success. We won, I think it was the Belk Bowl or something, but he was named the most versatile player in football. And... But because of him, you know, being moved around in several dis- different uh, uh, positions, he hadn't mastered one position. But he's finally getting some opportunity to to everyone else on the uh, on the Dolphins getting hurt. And Mike Gesicki now probably will not pay- play. And Devontae Parker uh, has a hamstring strain and is questionable. And even if he plays, that is the type of injury that can be re-aggravated during a game. So against New England, can we throw in Lynn Bowden as our flex? If you just lost Mike Williams or or who knows who, if you just lost your flex option, can you throw in Lynn Bowden? And I'm going to present the case for and the case against Lynn Bowden. And I'm going to let you decide which one is more, more appealing to you, which one sounds more realistic. All right, here's the case against Lynn Bowden. He's played two games. He's a wide receiver, and he played as a quarterback in college. He plays New England, and with everyone else injured, he may get a lot of uh, focus from the defense. And Tua isn't really reliable, especially against a good New England defense. Uh, Also, he's played, what, two games. Can we trust him? No. All right, that's the case against. It's pretty compelling. Here's the case four. The ball will go somewhere in this game. It will most likely go to Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden is very talented. When talent meets opportunity, good things happen. Matchup is not great, but the talent is there. The opportunity is there. Do we believe that he will, you know, just just flat out... Flat out do well. It's a case of the opportunity, talent, our meeting. Does that overcome the bad situation? And I think it might. I really think it might. And yeah, the situation's bad, but he will get the ball. And if you're looking for 10 points, I think Limboden's your guy. If you're looking for upside, I think Limboden's your guy. I think Lynn Bowden is startable as a flex this week. If you just lost, if you just lost your guys, don't read too much into this. This is not me saying start him over DK Metcalf. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying start him if you just lost someone. He's someone to look at. Take a look at, pick up tonight. So that is my thoughts on Lynn Bowden Jr. 
other guys, Cam Akers, the breakout's going to continue. I posted a bunch about that. Like That was a week ago now that game happened. <laughs> um, David Montgomery, we talked about. Cincinnati, man alive. This has turned into a mess. AJ Green had a good game. Uh, back from the dead, I guess. Uh, Mari Cooper, that, that game, I'm not going to talk too much about him. Ezekiel Elliott does not play anymore. He's He's not good. New new hack for prize picks. If you want to make money in prize picks, take the under on Ezekiel Elliott every single week. Uh, Tony Pollard is basically the starter now in some facets of the game. Uh, it's it's ugly. No idea what happened to Joe Mixon. Don't know where he went. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, neither of them did too well. Derrick Henry had a monster game, and yep, that is going to continue. Been talking about forever. The last you know four weeks, his matchups are ridiculously positive. James Robinson, a little bit of a downer game, uh, 12 points. Seeing as he didn't get a touchdown, that's actually a pretty good game in my opinion. He gets Baltimore this week and it should still be started. It's a good matchup for him. The main concern would be that they get boat raced and he's game scripted out to some level. And if he is game scripted out, uh, I still think you know, he's going to provide some value, just not what you hoped for. But I think you're still starting him. Now, A.J. Brown is a beast. And I want to talk about A.J. Brown because people... So this this year started off, I felt like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf were getting the most amount of hype. And Terry McLaurin was kind of this left-behind guy. No one really cared about him. He's on this crappy team, and no one was talking about him as a really good sophomore wide receiver. I don't know if too many people took that narrative or if I just over promoted Terry McLaurin to some degree but at this point I think ter- people are loving Terry McLaurin a little too much and it, it kind of hating on AJ Brown and DK Metcalf the idea in my opinion is that Terry McLaurin is great and should be seen as that that does not mean AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are worse when I, when I said he's my favorite of these sophomore wide receivers, it's because of the price. He was a lot cheaper than Brown and a lot cheaper than Metcalf. I like these two wide receivers. I like A.J. Brown a lot. He's a great receiver. And against Detroit, I expect him to have a massive game. But A.J. Brown, for some reason, isn't seen in the same, same category as D.K. and now Terry. Terry has burst into the DK levels of hype, at least on TikTok. You know, every every time I see a video, you know, of DK Metcalf making a catch, everyone says, Terry McLaurin. Like, they're both great. But also, why are you guys now ignoring AJ Brown? He's amazing. And he's having a great year. Uh, he missed some time due to an injury, but he's been one of the better wide receivers when he's playing. He's been great. And against Detroit, I expect that to continue, and I'm not worried about him against Green Bay. Uh, if you are a fan of A.J. Brown, when you make your deposit on prize picks, the next giveaway I'm doing for that is an A.J. Brown autograph mini helmet. I did the James Robinson and the other stuff this time. This next giveaway is going to be A.J. Brown. Excited about that. So uh, a little tangent there about him. I just I feel like people are giving too much love to Terry McLaurin, which, I mean... I heart Terry right in the back, but guys, doesn't mean you have to to take away from some of the other guys. They're, they're all great. <laughs> Who would have thought Chiefs-Dolphins that Tua would outscore Patrick Mahomes? Who would have thought? Tyreek Hill continued to get it done. Uh, we don't need to talk about him. We all know he's great. Clyde had a decent game. 
he's just been a little underwhelming this year. Uh, moving on, not, not much to say there. Kyler Murray gets the win, but another average fantasy performance. You know, it's it's now been three weeks where he hasn't helped your team. Against New England, he had eight points. Against the Rams, he had 15. Against the Giants, he had 17. Will he bounce back against Philadelphia? Uh, Yeah, a bit. But also, we have to take in consideration that early on, he had some really easy matchups. Detroit, Carolina, Jets, Dallas, Seattle... Miami, Buffalo, Seattle, really easy matchups. Um, this is the type of thing, if he continues to go on a skid, um, he he might have a discount going into next year, which would be wild. Because I think there's a chance we can see Kyler Murray kind of skid out, uh, have, lead some fancy owners with sort of uh, gross taste in their mouth. We see Lamar start to, you know, go off. We see Mahomes maybe go off and suddenly Kyler Murray, you're looking at him as the fourth, fifth quarterback going to the draft next year. Not saying that's going to happen, but as someone who doesn't own Kyler Murray, I hope that happens. <laughs> I'm hoping that he goes on a skid. The other guys do much better and we can get Kyler as the fifth quarterback off the board next year. But uh, Daniel Jones, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What on earth? He's 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 bad. He's, I know he's coming back from the injury, but what on earth? 11 on 21 for 127 yards. Three fumbles. Three fumbles! When will you stop making the excuses for his ball security? Come on. I don't get it. I know the line is trash. I understand, but but holy smokes. Dude is, dude is not good. Dalvin Cook continues to do well. Ronald Jones continues to do well, but there's always a chance he will not do well and you'll lose. Have fun with Ronald Jones. A Jonathan Taylor. The breakout is happening. He's a top 12 running back. Jonathan Taylor's an RB1. I guess my beginning season prediction ends up being right if this continues. It doesn't feel right. It feels very, very wrong. But as a Taylor owner, I'm happy about it. Um... I think he has another great game against Houston. Probably will be stifled against Pittsburgh, but, you know, Jacksonville, he'll do well again. They're they're in the playoff hunt. He's doing well. He's doing well. He looks good running, too. That's that's the thing. Jonathan Taylor is finally looking good when he runs because there have been several weeks where he had decent fantasy performances early on, and he was fairly efficient, but he just didn't look... He didn't pass the eye test to some degree. It, he was underwhelming from... You know, you're just watching the game. You don't go, wow, he's special. But you're starting to see what the Colts saw, what this dude could do in college. We're starting to see exciting. It'll be fun to monitor what Jonathan Taylor, what we do with him in the offseason. We'll be talking about about him a lot heading into next year, how to value someone like that who is disappointing but actually good, good but actually disappointing. Don't even know what to think about him right now. Uh, DK Metcalf, another great game. 10th touchdown on the season. Uh, honestly, he's great. Has hard matchups. He should be fine to some degree. Uh, he's he's just a beast at this point. I mean, his game against San Francisco was a bad matchup, and he had 40 points. Not worried. He's matchup proof. Seahawks are matchup proof right now. Uh, touchdown regressions coming next year. I think we can all agree on that. But but for now, enjoy the ride of DK Metcalf. Not too much to talk about for Packers Lions. Rodgers is continuing to be uh, a, a beast. He's not getting as much credit as he deserves. I think he hasn't really had. He's had one bad game this year. 
against Tampa Bay in week six. One bad game. The rest of it, he's been great. Matthew Stafford gets her. Uh, Aaron Jones. Top five running back. Doesn't feel like it, does it? Does it? Uh, he's, it's, a, it's a tale of two cities, you know? Against Philadelphia, 23 points. Against Detroit, nine. What do we do? What do you do with him? And, and even in that, that Philadelphia game, it's hard to bank on that because, you know, half his production came on one play. And we're not taking that away from it. But as we saw this game, if he doesn't get that big play, he's not getting enough volume. He's not getting the volume we'd hoped for. He's seen, you know, 12, 15 carries a game. We were hoping for 20. We were hoping for 20. We were hoping for five receptions. That's not what's happening. Uh, scarily enough, the Packers are succeeding without feeding Aaron Jones, so I kind of expect this to continue. Now, Carolina-Tennessee, great matchups. And despite the lack of volume, these are the matchups where he can rip off big plays, so you got to keep him in your lineup. On the other side, DeAndre Swift, another uh, decent game. Uh, wasn't super efficient, didn't get didn't get to run too much, but he pulled in some receptions, found the end zone, saved the fantasy day, should, should have a good game against Tennessee. Should have a good game. I'm expecting a decent game from him. And then, you know, Devontae Adams is a beast. Robert Tonian is someone who you should be looking at to start in any facet of the game, honestly, because he's a really good tight end and a decent wide receiver right now. He had a bad game, but the, um, yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, he had a he had what is it? So number four tight end. I can't find his wide receiver stats. That's what I was looking for. But last one, two, three, four games, he's had you know 15 plus points, and he's got Carolina, Tennessee, great matchups, and he's had touchdowns. Rogers looks for him in the end zone. He's someone that is a must start at the tight end position. But at this point, in a lot of leagues, he has a wide receiver eligibility. So I think if you're hurting at wide receiver, you just lost Mike Williams, let's say, and you're looking at Lynn Bowden or Tunyon, I'd go Tunyon. He's a decent flex play now. We talked about Jalen Hurts. Uh, Taysom Hill, first loss of the season. We'll see if Breeze is back. If Hill is still in, he's what he's been all this time. A pretty safe floor with the rushing ability. Not super excited about him. But yeah, it's start worthy. Alvin Kamara, welcome back to the land of fantasy relevance. I mean, you were good last week, but 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 this was it's good to see 20 plus from Kamara. It's good to see that. Gives you some more confidence as we head into the semifinals and then Super Bowl. Uh hopefully Breeze is back. That will really help Alvin Kamara's production. That will really help him. Miles Sanders, massive game, massive game. 115 yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Here's what's exciting for for Miles Sanders. He didn't see a ton more volume than he's been getting. You know, past two games were awful. The rest of the season, yeah, he's getting, you know, 15 15 carries a game. That's a pretty solid workload for Miles Sanders. But he finally saw receptions. Five targets, four receptions, 21 yards. In a PPR league, that's four extra points. I mean, take take his, you know, week 11, eight points. That's a bust. Add in four receptions, it's, it's better. It helps him a lot to be seeing these receptions. So that's exciting. Um, he's still a pretty boomer bust guy right now. He's he's 
been disappointing, and then he'll have a massive game, really big play dependent, which I'm not always a fan of banking on big plays because they're hard to bank on. But against Arizona, you know, you're hoping that Jalen Hurts helps his offense, continues to give him a safe floor with receptions, and he can break off a big run. So good to see Miles Sanders getting going. Uh, you're, you're starting him if you have him at this point. Uh, so hope, hoping he has another good game. Michael Thomas got it done against 16 points. He's He's been doing well. He's been doing pretty well given the circumstances, coming back from the injury and losing Drew Brees. He's been doing pretty well. Atlanta Chargers, what do we want to talk about? Eckler's a beast, we know that. Calvin Ridley is a beast, we know that. Keenan Allen's a beast, we know that. Russell Gage is really good when Julio's not in, we know that. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the rundown. Ty Johnson, uh, eh, no, I'm not, I'm not banking on Ty Johnson. Now, matchup is there, and with Williams gone, He's a shot in the dark, but I have more confidence in someone like Tunyon if you want safety. Washington football team versus 49ers. None of the quarterbacks were relevant. None of the running backs were relevant. Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver was relevant, and that's it. That's it. Oh, Logan Thomas, a beast once again. He's been so good. Last three weeks, 13, 24, 10, and these are against hard matchups. Pittsburgh, San Francisco. So against uh, Seattle, I've got some confidence that he can do well again, even though it's a hard matchup. Dustin Hopkins, this one aged well. I made the I made a post about oh Dustin Hopkins, you should pick him up since since Alex Smith became the quarterback. He's the number I think it was two kicker, and he continues to be great. So happy about that. Really hoping Antonio Gibson can return to the lineup. Really hoping he can return. He's he's not looking great, but Barber was dreadful. I mean, he was the only other runner, so really hoping for that. But the main one we got to talk about is Terry McLaurin. Because Terry McLaurin is not, he's on a two-game skid. You know, since the bye, he'd been very solid. 24, 16, 13, 16. Now three and four. That's not what we wanted from Terry McLaurin, especially in these critical weeks where you're, you know, trying to make the playoffs and then you're in the playoffs and he's, he's laying duds. Just he hasn't seen good good targets. Are we expecting a bounce back against Seattle? Yes. Terry McLaurin is a great wide receiver. He had a couple bad games. Circumstances have been bad, but he's still a great wide receiver. And Seattle's a bad defense. I'm starting Terry McLaurin. I'm expecting a bounce back. Go down with your studs. If if he doesn't get it done, that just it's tough luck. But if he does, it's great, but you got to go with your studs. At this point in the season, in the playoffs, I think you start your studs. I think he's going to rebound. Obviously, there's a chance he doesn't, but start your studs. If someone helps you get to the playoffs, you got to have faith in them. You got to have faith in them, and I do with Terry McLaurin. All right, Steelers, Bills, Josh Allen, pretty good game, nothing great. None of the runners were good. They were all garbage. Juju, good. James Washington, good. Deontay Johnson dropped everything. Goodness. This dude should be like the best wide receiver in football if he just hung on to the ball. Man. <laughs> he got benched a bunch. Oh, gosh. It's frustrating. He has so many opportunities and he just can't hold on to the ball. And I, I don't understand why. Because he's a great wide receiver. 
they can't hold on. So right now, it's hard to start him with much confidence. I think he's, you know, a safe flex now, but Juju is emerging as the best fantasy option. Claypool has kind of disintegrated last uh, last two weeks. Uh, you know, 11 points, 5 points, 4 points. Cincinnati, good matchup. Start him as a flex, not insanely confident. Stefan Diggs is a beast. He's a beast. He's officially a beast. Stephon Diggs is officially a beast. Number three, PPR wide receiver. Against Pittsburgh, 29 points. 10 for 130 and a touchdown. He's a beast. I don't need to tell you to start him. He's a beast. We all know. And then Ravens-Browns, final game. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield blew up both of them. Baker uh, got the three touchdowns. Last second touchdown. Had a, had a good game. He two, threw two picks and still had 30 fantasy points. So this is two straight really good games. And then one other game that was good. So 18, 24, 30. Sadly, those were really great matchups. And the matchup is about to get a whole lot worse against Giants. You know, Bradsbury's there. I think it's going to be much more Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt show, which bodes well for the runners. But I still think he's startable, even in the bad matchup. All righty. Gus the Bus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. What do we do here? Ah, haha, no. You can't have confidence in any of them right now. I don't think you can. Uh, Dobbins looked good. Edwards looked good. They both got in the end zone. Uh, gosh, how do, you, how do you have any faith in these guys? I think if you have either of them, especially Dobbins, Dobbins is the one I like most, but you, you just go, they're playing Jacksonville. There's going to be a lot of running. Put them in your lineup and and hope that they are the guy that night. But it's going to be stressful if you're starting Dobbins. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be very stressful. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both blew up. Both found the end zone. Chubb found it twice. Hunt found it once, but had a lot of receptions, six receptions for 77 yards and then another end zone opportunity. So two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. Chubb had 24, Hunt had 28. You're starting both of them. I think Chubb is going to have a great game, and I think Hunt is also going to have a very solid game against the Giants. It's a great matchup for the running backs, a bad matchup for the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Bodes well for those guys. Marquise Hollywood Brown put up another good game, which is his third straight good game. Uh, Yeah, he's big play dependent, but who cares? He's getting it done. Uh, he's hard to trust still, but as I said, if you if you lost your flex option, if you lost someone due to COVID or an injury, uh, then I think he's startable as your flex, and you hope for that big play against a very bad Jacksonville defense. Rashard Higgins, Donovan, People Jones, and Jarvis Landry. How do you sort these these guys? Yeah, it's really hard to. I I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. I, I have no clue. Higgins, Jones, Landry, who do you start? <laughs> no opinion. No opinion on those guys. I just, I have no clue. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. I'm going to sing you a song sometime. I'm going to serenade you. And I Thank you. Thank you very much. Mark Andrews. So for those of you who don't know, on prize picks, I bet the over on Mark Andrews. He was projected 12 points. 
He was not going to get there. On the last possession, he had three receptions for something-something yards, finished with 12.8. Got the over, made me the money, made me look good on my Instagram account where I predicted the over. So thank you, Mark Andrews. I won't sing you another song. I'll save the listeners that, 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 uh, that horrendous thing. But thank you. Holy smokes, that was stressful. So that is the end of the week uh, review. I talked about most of the notable players. And at this point, honestly, a lot of this is coming down to common sense. There are only a few players where we're genuinely, what are we thinking? And it's usually, oh, someone got injured, and who should I pick up? You know, Limboden, Tunyon, uh, who do who do we like there more as a wide receiver? It, it's That's what it is at this point. I'm going to repeat it again. Start your studs in these lineups. Start your studs. We're in the playoffs. Start the people who got you to this situation. Uh, live and die by them. Live and die. If they go off, great. You won. If they don't, good season. We'll see you next year. But start your studs. Don't overthink things right now. So that is one of the reasons why I haven't been making as many, you know, TikToks and podcasts. There just, there genuinely isn't as much to talk about right now. Uh, I mean... <laughs> I think there's going to be more content in the offseason than right now. This is always my least favorite time to make content because people are starting their studs. No one's really making trades. No one's going out and buying players. There are very few people on the waivers at this point in the season to pick up. So there's just there's just not much to talk about. But but thank you all for listening. I hope I gave you some decent opinions on Lynn Bowden and Jalen Hurts, some, some interesting takes there. Uh, but I'll see you next time, and I'm super excited about this offseason. I want to talk for a second now about what I'm planning this offseason because people ask, oh, are you just going to quit your podcast and TikTok and Instagram once we hit the offseason? No, no, no. No, 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 no. That is not what happens here. That is not what happens here. I have so much content planned and really interesting, fun content. Actually, it'll be it will be better content than what I've been doing because I'm not going to have the time pressure. Right now, there's this pressure of, oh, the game is happening this time. I have to get this done at this certain time, and I have to talk about these specific players. But once we hit the offseason, I have a lot more flexibility, and I have a lot of really good ideas written out. I, I'm talking about some some cognitive biases when we're announcing players, such as recency bias, celebrity bias, media bias, stuff like that. And I'm going to talk about uh, uh, which stats are actually important for fantasy football. And then I'm also going to do a, a really big series, which is the case for and the case against, where I basically write out a really cool you know, case for this player and a case against this player heading into 21. 2021, and I let you guys decide which case you find more uh, compelling. So I'm going to plan to do it for pretty much every player. So uh, Kalen Balazs, the case for, the case against. That'll be a thing. Austin Eckler, the case for, the case against. And I'll kind of outline here are the, the pros and the cons of each player, what we're thinking, and you guys can make the decisions yourself of how to how to think of them. So I think that's going to be really fun. And then I'm going to do some other, you know, fun food review, stuff like that. So I'm very excited about this offseason. It should be a lot of fun. I hope you guys stick around. But thank you for listening to this podcast, and I will see you next time. Goodbye.